Hello, it's Jean-Marc, storyteller and astrologer, born on the 4th of November 1961 at 9.30pm in a French city called Laxou, L-A-X-O-U. And this is the third episode of my autobiography with astrological sauce. A few years ago, in London, I saw a woman having a panic attack at the till in the supermarket. She was suffocating dramatically, a hand on her chest. She was asking people in the queue to let her pass before them. Please, she couldn't stay in there any longer. And it looked fake. My impression was that there was a real distress, though, but she couldn't express it. So she acted out a fake distress to make up for it. I offered to help carry her bags. She looked like someone with heavy mental health issues. Her place was an incredible mess. She opened a cupboard and... Ah! She was startled. But it was just an empty plastic bag falling from a shelf. Her fear was real. I stayed a few moments talking with her. Then she thanked me and I went. I know how it feels to be suddenly startled by something as ridiculously small as the noise of an empty carrier bag falling down from a shelf. I've been there. I've had the exact same experience. When it happens to you, you look at yourself and you think, wow. Yes, I've been a sponge, soaked with fear and triggered by the least thing. A sponge makes me think that a conscious sponge should be able to contract, expel the dirty liquids out of its body, soak clear water instead, and repeat the operation as many times as necessary, with patience and a lot of spiritual soap. Dark psychic energies are sticky. You are listening to a Sun conjunct Neptune in Scorpio with a sextile from Pluto in Virgo. Pluto, also known as Hades in Greek mythology, has a helmet that makes him invisible. And Neptune as well often means invisible things. Like mental pain. It is invisible. You look more or less normal. You may look weird at times, but people don't see distress in weirdness. When you feel scared by nothing, you feel ashamed. So you hide it. If you are male and you imagine that being a real man means being able to fight a war in the jungle without flinching, well, your self-esteem is in trouble. But mental health is real. During the last century, we didn't know about psychological trauma. During the First World War, when soldiers couldn't take more, They believed they had become cowards. They believed that about themselves. During the Second World War, military doctors started to acknowledge that there was something like shell shock. Nowadays, we are more aware of the reality of mental health. We have words like post-traumatic stress disorder. And we know they don't apply only to soldiers. But at the same time, we still carry heavy bags of inherited prejudices, along with 
heavy bags of inherited trauma, because what is not healed is handed down to the next generation. There is collective post-traumatic stress. With collective energies, some individuals get more than others. If Pluto or Neptune are strongly emphasized in your chart, you're plugged into the collective stuff. And when it comes to trauma, those who get loads of it become the black sheep. They are the social equivalent of rubbish bins, the scapegoats. Anyway, I'm a Cancer Ascendant with a prominent moon in the fourth house, and here I am talking about stuff handed down throughout generations. There are collective dimensions, and there are also family histories. Neither wholly collective nor individual. Moon and fourth house focus more on the family threads, Pluto and the eighth, Neptune and the twelfth, or more widely collective issues. But all threads are interwoven anyway, including the sun thread, the individual thread, the individual working its way to exist as a single person extracting itself from the powerful influences of collective energies. Back to my chart. My south node is in the 8th house and the north node in the 2nd. The 8th to 2nd house, or the Scorpio to Taurus evolutionary path, I call the post-traumatic path. It means going from survival to living, from experiencing crisis, loss, destruction as a starting point, to restoring trust in life and the ability to enjoy it. Healing trauma and learning happiness. Learning happiness. Learning happiness. In the last episode, I looked at what shows the loss of my mother at an early age in my natal chart. Let's have a look at the transit when it happened. My mother died on the 14th of April 1963. I was one year and a half. For me, the most important day was the 25th of March. That is the day she received the results of her blood tests. She had leukemia. She would leave home and me to go to the hospital. I went to my nanny's home. When we look at transits corresponding to big events in someone's life, usually we start looking at the transpersonal planets, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, the big slow ones. But I was one year old, so these big and slow planets had hardly moved since I was born. So the next slowest planets are Saturn and Jupiter. Saturn is usually considered the planet of painful restrictions. It was called the Great Malefic in traditional astrology. Jupiter, on the other hand, is generally seen as a significator of good luck, abundance, blessings, adventures and long journeys, the great benefic. So, normally, we would expect a strong transit of Saturn on a placement meaning mother like the moon or the MC. However, what is striking on this 25th of March is Jupiter transiting exactly on my MC, meaning mother, at 27 degrees Pisces. Jupiter, 
planet of expansion, of crossing boundaries, of exploring the unknown. Jupiter was not alone on the MC on that day. Mercury was there as well, on the same degree exactly. And there is more. There was a new moon on that day, at three degree Aries, so in the next sign, but still conjunct to Jupiter and Mercury on my MC. New moons are moments when the moon disappears, and not all mothers in the world disappear when there is a new moon, obviously, but this one, apart from being associated with Jupiter and Mercury transiting on my MC, was at the same time opposing my natal moon. And there is more. Transiting Venus was exactly conjunct to my south node. Transiting Venus was also conjunct transiting Saturn, not an exact conjunction, otherwise I would have mentioned Saturn first. Uh, but Venus was exactly conjunct Saturn five days before and five degrees before. It is a separating conjunction. So Venus moving away from Saturn, but still carrying its energy and bringing its power to the south node. So as you see, the cosmic clock was ticking hard. I don't remember, but I've studied psychology. In my experience, as a little boy, she didn't die. She left. They both left me. First with a nanny, then with my grandparents. Later, when I was a young man, asking questions, both my father and my grandmother told me that I was too young to understand and that I didn't suffer. I didn't show any sign of distress strange. What I understand is that you are never too young for psychological defense mechanism. Consciousness is a strange thing. Maybe I didn't feel anything special at the time. Still, a mother for a child is like earth and water for a plant. A transplantation is a shock, even for plants. Even if plants don't cry. My understanding is that our own little individual consciousness is much smaller than the reality we are living, especially as small children. But still, we are living the whole reality. Perhaps I just translated what was happening into tensions stored somewhere in my body, or in some unknown corner of my little psyche, uh, called the unconscious by psychologists, or the energy field by energy healers. So I carried on with baggage I would be forced to reckon with later. What surprises me though, when I'm told I didn't even realize something was happening, is that I am an emotional sponge. Sun conjunct Neptune in Scorpio, I've already told you, plus Cancer rising and a dominant moon. I absorb, I fully realized this one day in my thirties, I was sitting with two friends at a terrace, drinking coffee. It was in the south of France, the sky was blue, the sun was shining, life was good. Another friend turned up. She was my best friend's girlfriend. I knew her well, we had no issues. She was hardly sitting with us for a few seconds, and I was in a state of anxiety. My first reaction was to think, I'm fed up to be like that. Everything is fine and suddenly I feel horrible for no reason. Why am I like that? And I don't know why. I had the idea 
of asking her, Do you feel all right? And no, she was not feeling all right. She was on her way to the dentist, and for her, it was a very stressful experience. She didn't want to annoy us with that, so she had put a brave smile on her face, and when she sat next to me, I fell into a well of anxiety. We talked about it, so she felt better and went courageously to her appointment. I kept breathing mindfully to stabilize my emotional state, but uh, at least I knew why. I've learned to protect myself energetically, but I wonder, if I can be an emotional sponge as an adult, how much more of a sponge was I as a small child? I'm sure I absorbed a good deal. People around me could only feel sad, shocked, and maybe scared, by the death of a young 29-year-old wife, sister, daughter, daughter-in-law. So how come it didn't show? Maybe babies are big sponges and I was not saturated yet. Maybe, sometimes I think, maybe I had a spiritual perfusion directly from heaven, moon trying Jupiter, why not? On earth, I was not given any explanations. I wasn't at the funeral. I didn't go through anything like a grieving process. I just have spent my life with an unquenchable thirst, a hope for miracles, and a spiritual quest. I'm happy to have roots in heaven, though. Have a good day.